Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Ken Ballard Jr., and I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. Uh, First of all, I just wanted to take a quick moment to apologize. Uh, I meant to record last week, and it just got really busy, but I'm back this week and thank you for joining us for the podcast once again two weeks ago we started a brand new series called ever wonder why and and here's the person that i that i had in mind and i really do hope that you're listening right now the person that i had in mind for this series is the one that's at the end of the rope of their faith the one who has heard all the cliches, the one who has tried to trust in God, tried to put spiritual practices into place in their life, but yet he or she finds himself at this place where I think we're going to give up on what it is that I believe. Now, if that's not you, I want to encourage you, please stay in this conversation because hopefully you will hear some things that may encourage you as well. And the reason why I wanted to talk about what I'm talking about for this series, here's what I wanted to do is I wanted to do a series where we looked at the dark side of faith. I know it sounds like the dark side. Sorry, that was a horrible Darth Vader. Uh, probably won't be the last one I try that, but it sounded like I have asthma, didn't it? <laughs> so I'm so sorry. So sorry about that. Uh, but I digress. But I really wanted to look at the dark side of faith. I-, I wanted to look at that place where you find yourself and you thought Christianity would work differently in your life. You, you thought that if, if you pray and, and, and if you would trust God, if you'd have faith that, that things in your life would work out. And unfortunately, you, you, you tried that and it didn't. And so here you are right now in, in, at this place where you wrestle and you, you struggle with the dark side of faith. Now, I, I know that what has happened in Christianity, and, and I get why we do it. In Christianity, we've emphasized the, emphasized the light side of faith, right? We, we've emphasized the miracles when they come through. We tell the stories of the prostitute who came into contact with Jesus, turned her life around, and now she's an evangelist telling the story about Jesus. And her story is awesome, and I, and I, wanna, I don't want to take away from that. That's an incredible story. We tell the stories of people who were in the hospital and they were on the deathbed and and someone prayed for them and God stepped in and and a miracle happened and their life turned around and now they are also telling people of the story of Jesus. And again, praise God for that. But what about those on the other side of faith? What about those who prayed and prayed and prayed and it 
didn't work out? What about those who trusted and believed and held on, but yet it still fell apart? Where's your faith then? And here's what I wanted to do is I wanted to be able to take a moment and looking at the other side of faith, the side that is not always broadcasted in church, the side that is not always talked about. But I think in not facing that and in not doing it, you know what we've done is we've done a serious disservice to God to faith and what faith really is. Because here's my thought. It's on the dark side of faith where we find the greatest light. It's on the dark side of faith where we find the greatest light. Because we do have to ask this question, well, what is real faith then, Ken? What is real faith? And I, like I said before, I, I know that we have amplified the, the idea of things work out because what we do is, is we want to tell people the story about God and about who God is and have people come to believe in Jesus and make a commitment to Jesus because they see Jesus as being so different than what society has to offer. I get why we want our churches to grow. I get that. And, and sometimes our churches don't seem to grow when we talk about the dark side of faith. But then I wonder, what if we did and we got very real about that kind of faith? What would happen to the church then? I can tell you this, more people would be less likely to walk away if we had a better understanding of the dark side of faith. Because here's the thing, think about this. I just want you to picture this in your mind. Did you know that the greatest moment in the history of faith was the result of unanswered prayer? <laughs> wait, wait, now think about that. The greatest moment in the history of faith, in the history of Christianity, in the history of our belief, the greatest moment in our history was the result of unanswered prayer. And maybe even, maybe we'll take it a step further. Maybe the answer to that prayer was no. And in that no, it led to a moment that changed everything. It says in Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 42, then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. I mean, think about it. This is the night that he is going to be arrested. And he knows that by that time the next day, he will have suffered, he will have been flogged, he would have had a crown of thorns, 
bashed into his head. He would have gone to the cross. He would have had nails pierced his wrists and pierced his feet. And that's just a physical description. I mean, just think about the physical anguish, the mental anguish, the emotional anguish, and maybe even the spiritual anguish. Because did he go through spiritual anguish? When he was on the cross, he said, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yes, he was going through spiritual anguish in that moment as well. So Jesus knew that that was about to come. And so based upon this, he said, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Verse 39, he went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give into temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left a second time and prayed, My Father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. Your will be done. But his first prayer, if it's possible, take this cup away. If it's possible, Father, I, I don't want to suffer. I, I don't want to go through, if it's, if it's possible, Dad, Dad, please, oh, Dad, I don't want to go through this. But that prayer went unanswered. That prayer, maybe even further, was a no. Jesus went to the cross, and he suffered on our behalf. So I think sometimes what we do is we look at those moments in our lives where we have prayer that goes unanswered, when we deal with suffering and, and grief and we deal with evil and we deal with, again, the dark side of our faith. I think we go through those kind of moments and we think, why, why, why me? Why, why do I go through this? But I, I wonder that if God desires to do the same thing with you that he did with his son, that by saying no to whatever it was that you asked, maybe it could lay the foundation for the greatest moment in your faith story. And even more importantly, maybe what that does is, is it lays the foundation for someone else to begin to discover faith and what it's like because of the suffering that you went through, because of the challenges that you went through. Now, I know <laughs> you're like, Ken, that's great, but this doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> I know, I know. But I, I just want to be real about this. Because I think that there's something that we're, we're missing out on in our faith when it comes to the darkness of our situation in our lives. I mean, just think about this. Isn't greatness typically preceded by failure, loss, or trials? 
Just think about those moments where we've had greatness in our lives. It's typically been preceded by some kind of challenge that we've gone through. Something that we had to learn. Something that we had to process through. Something that we had to deal with. Something that we had to suffer through. And that suffering led through a breakthrough of understanding, a breakthrough of growth, a, a breakthrough of, of insight. It, it led to something that you gained. And as a result of it, you now have the kind of faith that can persevere through challenges and hardships and things that you wrestle with. See, I think here's the problem. And you, I, I would love to get your thoughts on this. So please feel free to email me. Ken Ballard Jr., the number four, at gmail.com. Because I would love to hear your thoughts. Or feel free to go over to our Facebook or Instagram where this is advertised and feel free to post there as well. But I, I would love to get your thoughts on this. Because I think it's true that faith is far more associated with answers than with questions. Let me say that again. Faith is far more associated with answers than with questions. With faith, faith, we want the answers, right? And, and, and faith is presented as the answer. What if, what if faith became associated with the questions as well? Because you know what it is? Faith is kind of like the pool, like when you go to the backyard, right, and, and there's a pool that's there, here's the truth. You're either in the pool or you're not. <laughs> Even if you put your toe in the pool, you're in the pool. You're either in the pool or you're not. And I think sometimes with faith, faith is presented as you either have it or you don't. That if you question, if you doubt, if things in your life don't work out, I think some of the worst things that I have heard from other Christians to say to someone who's suffering is maybe you don't have enough faith. How horrible is that? I mean, there have been moments where I wanted to say, well, if you, you, better, be, you better be thankful that I do <laughs> because I would lose my pastor card. <laughs> Two hits. Me hit you, you hit the floor. <laughs> right? I mean, just think about that. Someone has the gall, the unmitigated gall, to tell you that you're suffering because you don't have enough faith. Why? Because faith is presented as you're either in or you're out. What if it's possible for you to have faith and question? I mean, think about this. Think about this. When is light the most powerful? When it's surrounded by darkness. When is light the most powerful? Is when it's surrounded by darkness. If you light a light in a lit room, no one really notices. Like, oh, that's a light. Great, wonderful. But even if you do a spark in the middle of a pitch black cave where you cannot even see your hand in front of your face, that light catches your attention immediately because light is most powerful when the darkness is greatest. 
And so what if that's the truth about faith? That you think your faith is weak. You think your faith is wrestling. You think that your faith is struggling because your faith is in that moment surrounded by darkness. And maybe here's what you don't realize. Is in that moment, your faith, as much as you're wrestling, as much as you're struggling, as much as you're questioning, your faith may be at the point that it is the strongest that it has ever been because of what it is that you're wrestling with and that you're working through. See, I'm someone who believes that doubting God doesn't mean losing your faith. Doubting God doesn't mean losing your faith. Listen to this. I love what it says in this Psalm, Psalm 13. Many of you have heard me read this before, and, and, and I'll probably read it again because I just love this Psalm so much. But I just love what it says because what you do is you are now put into this place of here's this guy that is in this dark side of faith. But yet, look how he concludes it. Oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat saying we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. But then listen to this. Verse 5. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. I mean, think, so here's this guy on the dark side of faith. And yet his response is, I trust in your unfailing love. Unfailing. And why do I trust in it? Because you have rescued me. You know what he's saying? And, and there's a couple of ways that you can look at this. You can look at it as saying, you have rescued me is in the fact that although I don't see it right now, you've done it. And I'm just going to trust that it's going to be done. That's one way to look at it. The other way that you can look at it is I've looked in my past and I've looked at when I faced, this is written by a guy named David, David and Goliath, right? So when I faced Goliath, when I faced, when I faced, sorry about that. I just got a little King James on you. When I faced Goliath, <laughs> when I faced Goliath, God, you rescued me. When I faced the bear that wanted to take my sheep away, you rescued me. When I faced the lion that wanted to take my sheep away, you rescued me. When I was in the wilderness hiding from the king that wanted to kill me, God, you rescued me. So when I look at my life right now in the midst of this challenge, I trust in your unfailing love. I will sing to the Lord. I will sing. Now that can be looked at as I'm going to hold on because one day I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing one day. Or it can be looked at, looked at as I will sing right now. I will pull out my guitar, bust out a little hill song <laughs> or, or elevation worship. And I am going to sing some worship music right now. Because God, you are good to me. And think, think about that. He is good to me. He is, he is saying, God is good to me. Yet he's asking, how long will you forget me forever? 
but he's good to me. How long will you look the other way? But he's good to me. How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul? But he's good to me. With sorrow in my heart every day, how long will my enemies have the upper hand? But he's good to me. Wow. I mean, what, what a perspective. But see, that's the beauty of the dark side of faith. Is when I could be in that place of, of confidence in the midst of my discomfort and know that God is going to be with me. You know, one of the things that I, I, I think about as well, because we do, when you read through the New Testament, and I love this, I, I love when you read through the Gospels and you hear about the healings of Jesus, when you read through the book of Acts and you hear about the healing of the disciples. I mean, there are some absolute amazing stories of healing. I mean, you're talking about healing people who are blind, healing people who are lame, healing people who, who are mute. I mean, you're, you're talking about raising the dead. And all of those stories are important because they do help us to understand Christ and his power and who he is. But you know, there's also a flip side to that. There is a flip side. For every blind person Jesus healed, there were hundreds if not thousands that he didn't. For every lame person that walked again, there are hundreds, maybe thousands, who, tens of thousands, who didn't, who didn't. So, so what do we do with that side of it? What, because that's something that we have to think about as well. And, and how do you have faith when you're not the one to receive the miracle. There was a movie that I watched a long, long time ago. This movie came out in 1953. Now, I didn't watch it in 1953. I'm not that old. <laughs> but it came out in 1953. I watched a video, and yes, I am that old. <laughs> I watched a VHS of this movie years, years later. It's a movie called The Robe, and it starred Richard Burton. And the premise of the movie is this. He, he plays a character named Marcellus. And, and the movie starts with Marcellus has a slave named Demetrius. And Marcellus has been put on the group that is responsible for killing Jesus. And so Demetrius wants Marcellus to intervene, and Marcellus refuses to do so. So Demetrius gets mad at Marcellus and curses Marcellus. And then what happens is Marcellus is there while Jesus is crucified. And they take the robe off of Jesus' dead body and they place it onto Marcellus. And Marcellus gets this inkling or this feeling from the robe and he remembers the words of Demetrius and he gets the feeling from the robe and from that point forward, he feels like he's cursed. He is cursed because he participated in the death of Jesus. And the rest of this movie is about his journey and eventually he actually does find faith. 
and he has an encounter with Peter. So Peter's in the story, and the slaves come back. It's, it's a really, really good, good movie, and it's a great story. But there's one point in the movie where Marcellus, there's this woman that is a woman who's lame. So she's laying on the bench, and she's singing about Jesus and, and who he is and what Jesus has done. And it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful rendition. And then at the end of it, she just talks about how his eyes will look upon all, and Marcellus freaks out because Marcellus, again, thinks that she is talking about him because he saw the eyes of Jesus look upon him during his death. And so Marcellus thinks, I'm cursed. He looked at me, and he cursed me. So he sees this woman, and, and he goes through, and he has another encounter, and he sees this woman, and so he gets into a dialogue with this woman. And eventually they, they, they begin to talk about Jesus, and they begin to talk about faith. The woman says something that's as positive, and Marcellus responds back, and he says, well, well, how could you say that? How could you be positive about Jesus? I mean, didn't he heal the sick? Didn't he raise the dead? And look at you. He didn't heal you. He has the power to. He didn't heal you. And this character says this, and, and I love this. She said, faith taught me the answer. Because she tells him, I wrestled with this too. I wrestled with that question. Faith taught me the answer. Because I wrestled with that question. He has chosen me for his work so that others like me might know that their misfortune needn't deprive them of happiness in his kingdom. And so, you know what it got me thinking? It got me thinking about our suffering and our wrestles. And, and here's the truth. How can anyone reach the broken if we're all rescued from our brokenness? How can anyone reach the broken? And, and I know people will say, well, you know, I could reach them because I could say that I was there. I was in their shoes kind of thing. And, and yeah, that, I mean, that is powerful. I mean, that works. It, it is powerful to have someone who was an alcoholic reach someone who is an alcoholic. Hey, that really is powerful. But I'll tell you what's powerful as well. A couple Sundays ago, we had a guy at our church named Capen. And his story is incredible. I, I would encourage you, uh, if you go to capenrights.com, you can actually order his book. And Capen was a guy that I did ministry with. And we're talking about a guy who was incredibly active. I did Young Life with him, which is a youth ministry. He was the guy that did the ropes course. He was the guy that, that rode bikes. Uh, he was, I, I'll tell you a funny story about him. Uh, there's this thing called a trust fall, which basically what you do is you stand on the top of the high dive and you just fall backwards and you allow your body weight to enter into the pool. And if you trust it, you enter the pool perfectly every time. So Capen got up to do the trust fall and he didn't quite trust it. <laughs> and he came back and his back was all bruised and it was black and it was blue. 
But the kids loved him because of it, because he was willing to take the risk. So here's this guy, very physically capable. He was a guy that, again, bikes course, like he was known for his physicality. And then one day he wakes up and he feels numb. He feels numbness, I believe it was on the right side of his body. And then as the day went on, it continued to progress. So then he went to the hospital and, and long story short, they still don't know completely what it was that, that caused it. It was just something rare that happened to him that day. But he's now confined to a wheelchair. And he's married now. Uh, I had a chance to hang out with him and his wife when they came to our church and he was able to tell his story. But I look at guys like Capen and he just talked about his faith. He talked about his wrestle with God. He talked about his anger with God. And he just talked about how he, he, he processed that. Now, here's the thing. Is with Capen, because Capen still is in a wheelchair. He still has his, his physical challenges that he has to work through, that he has, a, he has a process to do and struggle with. But who is more powerful to tell someone in a position that is similar to his that God is good? God is good. There's another woman that I, I follow on Instagram, and uh, she's actually confined to a wheelchair. And she's, a, she's someone who's a believer. She follows Jesus. And she said something that was really interesting. She said, basically, she was saying, along the lines, people have said to me, oh, only, if only God had healed you. If only God had restored your ability to be able to walk. And, and she said that it, it, was, it was stated in such a way that actually made her feel lesser because she wasn't healed, because she wasn't restored or renewed. And her statement was this, I am still blessed to be a blessing. That's the beauty of the dark side. Of faith. So, so with that in mind, I, I just want to say this. Our faith is not in what. That's important. Our faith is not in what. It's not about what happens, what occurs, what goes through, what works out. Our faith is not in what. Our faith is in who. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 6 through 10, if I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so because I would be telling the truth, but I won't do it because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God. So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan, to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. And each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. 
That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses, in insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles, that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The dark side of faith. And what if that became our story? Our faith is not in what, our faith is in who. So I really want to encourage you that if you are considering walking away from Jesus because of what, I'm hoping that maybe this will bring you back to who. And, and this isn't, this isn't one of those, I don't know, this is not necessarily one of those feel good messages, but I didn't want it to be that. I, I wanted it to be real. And, and I wanted it to, for us to be able to look at, because the, the truth with faith is not everything works out. Not everything that we pray for will come to pass. Sometimes the miracles don't arrive. And if that becomes the core of our faith, then the truth is the core of our faith is on shaky ground at best. Our faith has to be deeper than our circumstances, our present condition. It has to be deeper than that. And how do we get there? It goes back to, but I trust in your unfailing love. I'll rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. So I really do hope that this has been an encouragement, especially to those of you who may find yourself listening to this and you're on the other side of your faith. And I'm hoping that maybe in this, that you will also embrace the truth that doubting God doesn't have to mean losing your faith. That is part of the process. And maybe, just maybe, the greatest moment of your faith story may be on the other side of my answer prayer. Well, again, thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of this journey with you. It is my honor to have this privilege of being able to encourage you, whether you're in your car whether I'm in your earbuds while you're running or just whatever it might be, walking. Just thank you so much for giving me this opportunity just to be able to encourage you. And I really do hope that this podcast really does do that, that it just really speaks the possibilities of what could be into your heart and soul. So again, encounters about three things. Love up. Let's fall madly and passionately in love of God, in love with God. Love out. Let's look at ways that we can love others. You know, sometimes in my own life, I'll tell you this. One of the best things that I have done to keep my mind off of my suffering is serve others. I don't know, sometimes in serving others, you may find out that there's someone who's worse off than you. And it's really humbling because I've had this experience. 
to try to uplift someone who's worse off than you, who has more joy than you. And you will find it sometimes. But that's the beauty of service. So love others the way that God loves you. And in loving God and in loving others, there may be some things that you discover about loving yourself. Well, take care. God bless you. And we'll see you once again next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether it's serving at North High School, or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way, when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as, please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way, when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, you'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us, and we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.